Hey everybody, I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Gabe Casey. And this is Throwing Wrenches Podcast, the automotive podcast that always likes to stay loaded. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches, we talk about unicorns with four wheels. We learn that I am the king of hammerschlagen. And we contemplate moving to the land of 10,000 lakes. All that and more on a special installment of Throwing Wrenches. All right, we are here in the uh, Studio G up in uh, Gabe Casey Studio. I thought it was Studio C for Is Casey. It oh, it's C. We had Studio A, B, and C, and it worked so well for Casey. That's right. I, I tell you. I wasn't good at that whole alphabet thing. <laughs> uh, I want to say thanks for listening. Our good co-host, friend, extraordinaire, Eric. Of course, he's down taking care of some family business in Memphis, and you can follow along at planetstall.com. That's S-T-A-H-L.com. So uh, we, we do want to say hi. And Eric, we, we do miss you. It's not like we plot as soon as you leave town, like Gabe and I are going to take over the show. We I, I plotted like a, just a little bit because yeah. I thought it would just be easy to just grab a free show with uh-huh. no guests or anything else. And because uh, we had kind of an epic adventure. We did. And it, we did. I think we'll just, we'll just fire it out and we'll just get it out there. Okay. And uh, maybe it's 71.5, maybe it's 72. We'll decide. The working title of this one, though, is Stay Loaded. Oh, but it yeah, that's got purpose. But there is a purpose, and we'll yeah. get back to that in a moment. And no, we're not loaded in the way that you think we are. Although we are having a beer, it's kind of a, a dessert beer, isn't it? It, it is. It is thick. It's it is. Aw- it's like eating a beer. I don't even know why I had dinner. Are you chewing your your Speedway Stout? <laughs> yeah, I am. It's it's very it's rich. I think is how we decided. It's it's sugary. Um, it's it's yeah. got substance to it with the coffee, the black cherry. It is. It's uh, it's an aperitif. But anyways, it's automotive theme beer. So there's that. Uh, we want to say thanks for listening. Of course, if you're joining us for the very first time, welcome. Usually the equipment is a little bit better, but uh, we're, we're using some backup gear here. Uh, just, you know, we've got some special circumstances. And uh, if you want to get us um, an email, let us know how you're doing, uh, how we're doing, or some, you know, different beer suggestions. Info at throwinranches.com is where you can get in touch with us. And, of course, we always welcome a review on iTunes because that's, frankly, what keeps us motivated uh, is shameless promotion on iTunes. We absolutely need reviews. Absolutely, I, Eric will go insane if we don't get some reviews. So do it for Eric, people. If the one thing you can do is a review, do a review. Yeah, I think we've been holding at thirty-three or thirty-five for like I don't know six months. Yeah. So uh, and every time an iTunes review gets posted for Throwing Wrenches podcast, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> right? <laughs> and a bank goes bankrupt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, let's talk about our hosts here. And, and of course, well, Gabe, do you want to kick this off? Well, absolutely. Okay. I, I think we should talk about our primary host this evening. This is... Uh, the, the myth, the man, the legend. Is that how that goes? No, no. <clears throat> That's not how it goes. It's the manatee. Uh, if you don't know my, uh, my co-host, Daryl Scott, let me tell you. Unlike the others in the Throwing Wrenches cast, this man is no interchangeable part. Week in and week out... In Illinois or Minnesota, the immovable object is there. He's no Eli Whitney. Better yet, he's Daryl Scott. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, there, he... there's never been an episode without you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So well, it's, it is not you. Yet. 
Yeah, and and you were the original Throw and Wrenches moniker, right? That was your your blog site and your name and in your namesake. So. It was. It it started out as a as a blog, and turns out that's a lot of work. So a podcast, <laughs> you can just whistle those out. So. Typing is hard. <laughs> it is. It is. You got to get the typewriter. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. Did also did Eli Whitney see the Cotton Gin guy? No, he was the. Well, I think it was the. No, it was. Uh, Eli Whitney, I looked it Is he up. A potato farmer, he's something. No, it was with uh, rifling with a musket and oh. inter- interchangeable. So I actually did research because I had this joke set up, and I was like, I was searching and I was like movable parts, and I was getting like printing press stuff, and then I did get some cotton gen stuff or whatever else. Yeah. But then no, the interchangeable part was for like muskets back in the day, uh, okay. and it was Eli Whitney. I actually was on Wikipedia earlier today. <laughs> nice. Always good to do a joke that requires you to Google something. <laughs> so it's hilarious <laughs> when you have to explain who's in the joke. Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. Google this. Google this. It's funny. Trust me. Well, if we could have just not talked about it, the intelligent people would have laughed and everybody else think we're dumb. So, well, you know. that works too. Yeah. Uh, so for my co-host here, uh, my co-host tonight needs no introduction as well because it would simply be too long. He's an international man of mystery. Not in an Austin Powers kind of way, but more of a you-never-know-what-he's-going-to-stumble-upon kind of way, or where he'll find it. He's always looking at what's out there in the universe, and he isn't afraid to say no. He's the human incarnation of the choose-your-own-adventure book. He's Mr. Gabe Casey. Oh, thank you. Did you do those choose-your-own-adventure books when you were a kid? Dude, I love those. I was so bad at them. I never finished one. No? No. And I even cheated. And I still couldn't Go get back through them. And yeah. Change your... I'd take like three different decisions and I'd die every time or be locked in a room. I mean, I think they're all written like that. Okay. For the most part. But yeah, I used to get... My seventh grade uh, homeroom teacher had like a carousel, like in a library. You could just pick books. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and she was always making sure we read stuff. And she finally came up to me after like six months. She's like, can you read something other than a choose your own adventure book? I'm like, but you have 20 of them here. Like what else do you want me to read? Boxcar children. Yeah. <laughs> something like Hardy boys mysteries yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, I'm sorry, this is way off cars, but no. did you ever do the Netflix choose your own adventure movie? Oh yeah. What was that called? Bandersnatch. I remember that. Did you do that? I did. It was kind of fun. It was kind of trippy, but anyways, who was in, is anybody in that? I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, actually that it was, was a fun. trip, and then it totally didn't take off. We thought it was going to spawn this whole new genre yeah. of like interactive TV and movies, and then it was like, eh, not really. I just want to sit and you know play on my phone and eat popcorn. And I'm going to look it up. Maybe it's still on Netflix. I think it is. It was is a it? Netflix original. Okay, early days. Yeah, I'm so. going to check that out because yeah. I need something fun and I need popcorn, like the popcorn of movies. I need there just something go. brainless and fun and different. Yeah. What else you need is some sponsors. We do. We'd like to say a quick thank you to our our sponsor, uh, Fort's Toyota of Pekin. You can find them on the web. They're at toyota-pekin.com in beautiful North Pekin, Illinois, right off 29. And uh, sales service, Eric does work at Fort's, but don't let that stop you from visiting them. I'm kidding. Uh, They do really, really good stuff, and they have a lot of inventory right now. Um, If you check them out, toyota-pekin.com, you can search up what they've got. And they're good folks to do business with and great service. Actually just got the uh, Highlander service ready for winter there, Gabe. Got uh, got everything all tidied up, ready with some synthetic oil and uh, made sure the wiper blades were good and the tires were rotated. So I yeah. feel that my wife is safe in her new Highlander to, to conquer the world, or at Absolutely. least central Illinois. Yeah, and I just picked up some parts there the other week. So I was doing some work on the FJ Cruiser. Call them up, go down there, stop, get some parts. Perfect. Yep. And uh, we'd also like to say thank you to our Patreon members for their ongoing support. Uh, truly keeps us motivated. 
and has allowed us to uh, to kind of grow. We've uh, we've had a really successful year. I say successful, not that we're like rolling in money like uh, Woody Harrelson in uh, what is that movie with uh, <laughs> Zombieland? No, no. no. <laughs> Maybe he was rolling in that money. That might have been too. Bill Murray. Uh, what's the movie with his wife? Indecent Proposal. Where he's like rolling around in bed. I never saw that. Oh wait, no, that was Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but he, Woody Harrelson's in that. No, we had a successful year. This is going to go off the rails so oh fast, so fast. I apologize. But Eric's really. not here to keep us on track, so yeah, drive away, son. Sorry. Um, we have had a very successful year, and we really appreciate all the folks who have listened, have shared this podcast, have gotten in touch, and said, "Hey, I love listening," and and we also like learning where everybody is from. We have a lot of people who are professional mechanics, work in the automotive industry, uh, over-the-road truck drivers. Uh, We've got people who just work in their shop on the weekends and have us on. So uh, we do love hearing those stories. We're at info at throwingranches.com. Always, uh, always love hearing from you folks out there. And if you do give us a review on iTunes, we'll be happy to send you a little sticker as our thank you. So there's that. Um, So Gabe, we're going to kind of do something a little bit different. Normally, this is the segment we call projects, where we kind of touch base on what we're working on. Well, we can start with projects, and we'll just go through what you've been working on, and then move on. Okay. What have you been working on, Daryl? Absolutely nothing. Great. Sounds good. How would you, what have you been up to? I've been up to a lot, but I think we need a little setup for that. A little segment? Which is why we're, we're kind of mixing it up a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about doing like a special episode, mm-hmm. um, but we, we love form and format. We're just... We're rooted in it, right? You need a structure to your life. So we're, we're sticking to the regular show a bit, but the big thing is we went to Minnesota together. We did. And, and a lot of folks are wondering, well, what did you two do up in Minnesota? It was a couple's retreat, right? And we got a bed and breakfast. That's or, right. Oh, no, no. That's right. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. No, you know, actually, this is all your fault. And I will say that. <laughs> yes. Go on. You're right. I will go say, on. Usually the best decisions happen when Gabe looks at an auction site. And he's just like randomly perusing the lots and he'll send little hints like, hey, what do you think of this? Check this out. And it'll be like everything from like an old farm truck to like an ATV to like a steam shovel, like just random stuff. And like about a month ago, you sent a thing. You're like, hey, check this out. And you just sent like a lot listing. That was it. And I think, you know, Eric and I and everyone was just kind of like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. What happened? How did this whole thing start? Were you just perusing? How, how did this whole thing start? Yeah, I just want to, like, let's Mark get to the Mark Zuckerberg. Story. <laughs> I got lizard person. That's what happened. Lizard person. Uh, yeah, you can Google it. That's going to be a real thing soon. So okay. Okay. what was I doing? I was scrolling Facebook on my phone, Daryl, uh-huh. and I got what is called what, a targeted ad, a sponsored point. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so there are a couple of auction local auction houses, local auction sites that I've used a couple times recently and that I have bought things from them, namely that Ford F-350, um, yeah. a couple other things like that, you know, stereo equipment, um, a, a, that air compressor that I bought, that portable air compressor I took with us, yeah. bought that from an auction site, okay. things like that. And so I get these sponsored targeted advertisements. And what do I see? I see a farm auction. You know what's great about a farm auction? What's that? A lot of tractors I'm not interested in but a couple of gems of like old trucks, an old, an old car that's been tucked away. There's mm. always something neat. If you see an auction that just looks like it's boring and it's like, oh, you know, 1982 Thresher, <laughs> click yeah. on that auction because there's going to be a couple hidden gems that nobody else who clicks on an auction is going to be interested in. And I clicked on that auction. And it wasn't a local thing, right? 
a lot of times you, you just kind of search for Central Illinois or or close by. This this was an actual listing up in the town of Albany, Minnesota. And if you want to Google that, that's fine. But basically, what, about an hour and a half from the Twin Cities? I, yeah, I'd say that fair. And it's it's not local in where this stuff is listed, but the auction house is local. So it's an Illinois company. Yes, and so I've bought from them several times before, uh, and that's why I'm targeted. But okay. they, a lot of these local auction houses, actually Illinois has been doing really well, are getting a lot of national-level auctions. And so, you know, farmland, equipment, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is farm-based because obviously Illinois is strong in agriculture. We have a lot of land. We have a lot of equipment. And then they've branched out from that success. They're taking over. I've noticed that with Sullivan. That's the big big auction house. Sullivan is us. the other one. And what I went through was Almond. Yes. Okay. A-U-M-A-N? Don't ask me to spell on Something like live, that. not live radio. Good times. Good times. <laughs> um, so so the, the lot comes up. Yes. And there's probably, what, 100, 200 things on the lot listing? E- easily, yeah. And everything from threshing machines to old Caterpillar tractors to you name it. What catches your eye? A couple things caught my eye. They had an old, like, 20s or 30s automobile caught my eye. They had an old, I think it was like an F-250 or something, or like 1950s Chevy, I can't remember. It, had, it was a dually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really caught my eye was a 1966 Coney mini truck, which I just said, "What? what is this? <laughs> C-O-N-Y. Yes. Coney. Uh, anybody ever heard of that? Have you familiar with that name at all i wasn't and you know what i did i said hey daryl i'm gonna buy something you've never heard of and i i bet you've never heard of it because i did research after i found this mm-hmm. and i had never heard of it and it looked like they didn't exist yeah and had you heard of it no not at all when you sent me the the listing and you sent me the the picture of it i thought it was a subaru sambar <laughs> which is uh you know kind of a, a small popular and i don't know when they made them probably late 60s early 70s like a little like japanese k truck kei like uh is that a key truck or key truck kei i can't remember how you pronounce it um someone can enlighten us but yeah the little kind of inner city small delivery trucks things like that would you'd see in an old movie uh in downtown japan or like somewhere in like hanoi or anywhere in asia where there's lots of bustling traffic these little trucks or cars running around the streets but i'd never seen anything like that stateside that old and um the condition actually the thing was really solid for its age so so you you see this thing it kind of calls to you were you looking at like those smaller trucks absolutely not i've never looked at one in my entire life and okay. I wasn't looking to buy anything. I was just, I was sitting on my couch. You just sold the BMW <laughs> E30 convertible, like what, a month ago, a month or two ago? Probably. Yeah. So you've got some space in the garage. Was it just No, like, because that it. was from my parents' garage I sold. <laughs> <laughs> I have no space in my garage. <laughs> but it's one of those things that just called out and you're like, yeah, this is cool. Uh, I'm going to put a bid in and just see where it goes. What happened was, is that I saw it. And I liked it. I liked the look of it. I love the face of it. The like the little eye, you know, mm-hmm. the, the headlights look like little eyes. It's cute. It's tiny. The paint scheme kind of catches my eye for a reason we'll talk about later. Yeah. And um, I did the research on it and I found out that these basically don't exist anymore. And so that that is what gets me because anytime I have a chance to buy something that is that rare, I know that it's going to A, hold its value, but, you know, it's, it's going to be neat. People haven't seen it. You drive down the street and something that like even automotive enthusiasts like Daryl Scott don't know about. 
How cool is that? Yeah, if you take that to a cruise in or something, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be like a '69 Camaro where you're gonna see three of them there. Right. Or you it's know. actually impossible. I think. Yeah, there's probably three in the country that run. Yeah. It's so for for folks that aren't familiar, is the K or Kai, however they say it, key um, in Japan. Is that a particular style of vehicle? Is it just like just a small vehicle? Do you know kind of the history of? What those are? I mean, we would, they call them mini trucks, but I mean, we have the minivan here, which is not anything similar, right? You'd almost call it a micro truck. Yeah. Because from end to end, this thing is less than 10 foot long. From side to side, it's about four foot wide. Yeah. I mean, I, I tower over this thing and I'm 5'8", which, which says something. <laughs> I sit inside of it and my head is up high on the high, you know, the headliner. Yeah. I, I look like a tall individual driving this vehicle. Um, I literally can pick up the back end of this, and I'm not a strong man. I'm a small man, and I can pick it up. Yeah, I think Daryl could throw this thing shot put. You can maneuver it. Yeah. So it's got uh, kind of uh, almost like a Volkswagen bus in the sense that you're kind of riding above in front of the front axle. Yeah. Uh, like a double cab pickup, but much smaller. It's like a double cab VW that someone put in a shrink ray. <laughs> um, the back sides of the bed fold down completely flat, so you just have like a flat loading surface, right? Yep, yep. Um, 360 cc motor. It's 18 horsepower. I don't know the actual cc of it. It 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 is essentially basically like my BMW motorcycles. It's a it's a dual dual engine opposed, and it like somebody's even swapped one out with a BMW engine for oh, a motorcycle, okay. yeah. which is insane. Like because they look identical, and That's it just sits. Cool idea. Yeah, it sits under in the middle of the vehicle, under the bed, and it's got a little like access hatch. You could just pop up. And hook it up and, like, look and just see the whole engine. Yeah. So you don't actually have to flip up the cab like a lot of cab overs have. Air-cooled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you don't have radiator to mess with, no cooling, nothing like that. It just... No. You know me and coolant. We don't get along. I I tend to have leaks. (laughs) (laughs) I think any old car does, but... Yeah. No, so this thing is really a unique piece of automotive history. So we'll we'll get a little bit more into it, but you put a bit in. So what I did was I I talked to my wife, who's at work, you know, working from home. And I go upstairs and I'm all excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I found this thing that basically doesn't exist. So to me, I'm really excited just based off that. Sure. And it's cute and it's cheap, which I know is important because the cheap factor goes a long way. Because something that's unique and cool that's $30,000 or $40,000 is one thing. Mm. Something that's cheap and cool and that is a few thousand dollars is a very different thing. And so I'm like, can I just put a bid in on this? And and she's like, no. Just, just immediately just, shot it down. Just like a no. And, yeah. But she's also busy. She's working. And I, I've never <laughs> – she has this thing where if I've never been interested in something before and then I want to buy it, what's the ulterior motive? Like why do I really want it? Yeah, like and what's I, really going on? Exactly. It's not like I've wanted this for 10, 20 years. Like it, I found the auction on the day the auction ended. So I had to make a bid before it ended. Uh, it, I didn't even have time – like a week of like, oh, I found the auction. Look into the item. See what happens. Make a decision. And I've always found it's always good to not only have kind of a spur-of-the-moment decision, but then have a really tight deadline in which the spouse <laughs> has to agree to it. That it's always like goes over well. A worst-case scenario. Yeah. Hey. But I was like, I, here's, I'm just going to like bid really low and just see what happens. Because I thought for sure the thing's going to go for five to ten grand. So what I did was I went in on the site, and it was at like 1500 bucks at the time. And it had like the whole day left. So, you know, you're talking about seven, ten hours left on the bid. So I put in $2,500. I'm like, let's just see what happens. It's really neat. If I bought it for $2,500, I don't care what happens the rest of my life. That was a good decision. Sure. Yeah. So I put in $2,500 as the max bid, not like the instant bid. Because, again, it was at $1,500. I could have bid $1,550. Put in $2,500, boom, gone. It's already up to $2,550. I'm like, 
this thing's going, this thing's going up. I'll put in one more bid and yeah. I'll just go up like another grand or so. So I put in like 35 or 3,600. I can't remember. And I put that in and I was winning it for like a hundred dollars more. And then I was like, what? Okay. What just happened? And I start texting Daryl and I'm like, what's going on, Daryl? Yeah. But I don't tell you what I'm buying yet. No, I'm still <laughs> in the dark at that point. But I also knew that uh, this is the same auction site and the same like auction system that you have an end date and an end time. Like this auction will end at such and such a date and time. Allegedly. But it, <laughs> it's not the case. And you had that previously when you bid on that other Ford pickup that you had. What's the deal? So I'm not familiar with that style of auction. Ter- like terrible? Like the, the terrible worst. style? <laughs> yeah. So if you have everything in the lot... Yeah, and people are still actively bidding on other items. The like the bidding gets extended for everything, right? So the entire auction is tied together, and I this had happened to me before, like Daryl said, and I completely forgot before I bid on it again. I think and it was it, here when you bought that truck, and it was oh the same my thing. Gosh, like, and it's twice. Sucks. It's twice. <laughs> so what happens is if you put in like an extra max bid, you know, so you have like leeway over what the current bid is, mm-hmm. or if you're actively bidding on something, obviously you're in the same boat, but Anytime anyone bids on any item in the entire auction, it extends every bid on every item. So it was slated to close at like 6 p.m. our time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And this auction didn't end up closing until like 7.30 or 7.45. And so what happens? You just keep waiting and waiting to see that yeah. your final bid is yeah. indeed final? And you, you check the phone over and over, and then you try to be like, whatever, it, what happens, what happens. And then you start checking it again, and it just drives you crazy. And... When the auction ended, quote unquote, ended at six o'clock or so, uh-huh. I was winning this truck for like twenty five hundred bucks, which is also ridiculous and amazing and cheap. Sure. And then throughout the course of the next hour, hour and a half or so, it just it went. It was stagnant, 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 and then it got some action. Stagnant, stagnant, stagnant. And then it got some action. And by the end of the day, I literally text Daryl and I was like. I don't even want to win this thing anymore (laughs) because I'm so pissed at this, like what just happened because I lost like a thousand dollars because of their terrible auction site. Yeah. Um, Because I would have won it. I would have walked away and won that truck for 2,500 bucks. It's kind of discouraging because you have a live one on, on your, on their hands. You know, when you, when you have something like that and you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to be the high bidder. Sweep in at the end. Confirm it. We're good. I didn't even sweep. I put in way in advance and I had a high max bid. So it wasn't even the fact that I was trying to steal something, you know, like they, everybody had all the opportunity throughout the day to bid it up. And then it continued to extend that window, Yeah. which then you get more eyes on it and might be like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, and it's cheap. And then they put their bid and you're like, you know, you clowns, why yeah. don't you, why don't you buy the junk in the other, the yeah. other listing? And you, you all yeah. could hear how upset my dog was at, about that too, that, that. about this auctioning yeah. that, that he thinks the site needs to change as well. I, I think we should listen to your dog spaghetti by the way best <laughs> dog name i've ever heard spaghetti that's a great name it's not bad it's from aqua Teen hunger force but you guys can all look that up carl's dog yeah the the hand banana episode so that'll that'll be a little detour for you all you get bored beautiful look that up that's uh back in the day so no so I, all right so auction bottom line is everything finally does get a final bid accepted boom yeah you're the high bidder i'm the high bidder by like literally fifty dollars because it ends up at the bid whatever i place it at i can't remember like that's your increment is 50? yeah it's a fifty dollar increment on that one okay and so the other person bid that amount but because i had the bid in before they did it just went to my bid for that amount 
and they didn't bid it up the next $50. So I ended up winning it at like 35 or 3,600 before like their fees and all the other stuff. Beautiful. And it was exciting. It was, it was a little, you know, I had a little bit of a damper because of the auction style, but I get to buy this thing that nobody else has even heard of, let alone has, which is just neat. Absolutely. You get to a point where you're, you're going to get something that is so unique that it might present some challenges when you do finally get it. But that's also part of the joy, right? Yeah. When you have something that other people don't, it's neat, but it also brings some challenges. It's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, if it needs something, parts are going to be fun or you have to network. I think you even found like a, a Coney truck support group or something <laughs> on Facebook, It should be called right? a support group, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, uh, I just bought this thing. And everybody was like all about like post pictures. Where is it at? Where did you find it? Like people geeked out. Yeah, there's, there's a Coney Facebook group um, that I joined shortly after winning the auction, of course, because I was like, okay, now I got to get into it. Yeah, I got to learn. Yeah, and uh, it hadn't had a post in like, I want to say six months to a year at least. Yeah, it was a while. And so I posted on there, and I think everybody's blood was just like, oh, my gosh. We got there's a fresh new- one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got one on the line. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they got all excited. And, yeah, I was like, I don't have pictures yet and blah, blah, blah. But I think in the group, it was like a 40, 44-person group. I think you're part of the group. I did join so, it. So, like, the numbers are just yeah. artificially inflated at this point. Um, it's but- fun, though, because you get to meet people who – either have shared some of the ups and downs. You've got maybe some parts connections that you might develop there. Yeah. And just a group of people you are like, hey, uh, what's up with this? Oh, that's this, you know, I don't know. Which I need to do more because I've actually not tried to lean on it too much for like, I need this already and I need that and where can I find it? Like I've, I've been trying to make it on my own a bit, which maybe it's dumb, but in other aspects of life, like I've tried to like, oh, I have a problem. I'm going to reach out to somebody who's an expert. And they're like, well, did you Google it? Did you do this? And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, you'll get that. In every group, there's always a couple people that are like, oh, get the shop manual. You're like, shut exactly. up. Shut up, you jerk. Yeah. Um, I'll get the shop manual on my 1966 Coney. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, in Japanese and translated. So anyway, so you get this thing. It's confirmed. Then you have to start doing the whole fun of logistically, how am I going to get this new purchase from nine and a half hours away that doesn't run, right? It doesn't run. It did not run. So the advertisement stated it was parked a few years back because it needed a master cylinder. Okay. Um, so it doesn't so stop. The brake system wasn't good, and the the gas tank needed cleaned out. That's all it said. They okay. said it, it, you know, it ran and drive when they stopped it, etc. Yeah. So you get the it ran when it parked that, that situation. <laughs> ran when it parked. I know what it got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's nine and a half hours away. Yeah. It's, the weather's starting to change. Um, what were your, some of your initial thoughts about how to, how to get something like this? This is the farthest away you've bought something. No. Where'd you buy? Uh, no, I bought a, an Acura RSX S type out of Dallas, Fort Worth when I was like 22 or 23. Oh, uh, okay. But that was like a modern car at the time. So you could fly and it, out and And it was at a dealership it. and I flew down and they picked me up from the dealership in it. I drove back to the dealership, did the paperwork mm-hmm. and I cruised out of there. Okay. So, so that was a little, a little easier. A little different story. Yeah. Is this the lo- farthest away of a non-operational <laughs> vehicle that you've bought? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of coming up with shotgun and ideas on how to get this thing out here. And with the diesel crisis that we had, I don't know, was it, we just, we, do we still have a diesel crisis? I, 
I mean, allegedly, because Probably. that actually I heard about that because I, I was talking to my dad who's got a he's got a diesel pickup. And I was like, hey, can I borrow your pickup with the, you know, he's like, well, if there's diesel fuel when you're going to I'm like, what? And that was the first I'd heard of it. Yeah. And then I saw some stuff flash across, you know, my extremist group Facebook stuff. But I, <laughs> I don't I don't know that it's a real thing, because, again, we live in a capitalist society. And in my experience in a capitalist society, if there's a real chance of like diesel fuel going away in a week or seven days or whatever they said back when we were talking about this, the price would incrementally go up as stations sold out, but you didn't see that. You still saw fairly steady prices. The price maybe went up 30 cents, 50 cents a buck, Yeah, it was but up it wasn't there. $20 a gallon because they've only got 10 gallons left. Right. So now it was more like, you know, five sixty something a gallon, which, which is still crazy. But um, yeah, we, so we got to that point where logistically it wasn't going to, be uh, it wasn't going to be economical to hire a shipping company well i so what i did was i got like one random quote from a site they just give you a range you plugged in like the specifics of the vehicle mm. they give you a range and they gave me like minimum minimum was like eight hundred dollars to ship it and then i had the auction site who they have like their own shipping and they gave me i think the minimum was like $2,200 to yeah. ship it down here? Yeah, it was crazy. Like something ridiculous. And I had figured just from renting a trailer and paying gas alone in like a hotel room, I could get this thing done for like 500 bucks or so. Yeah. But it's a lot of time. And also, there's basically no way I'm doing that on my own. But I have a guardian angel, and his name's Daryl Scott. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I remember you asked like, hey, you want to go to Minnesota and, and <laughs> tell this thing home? How, how many people have just asked a friend of theirs, Hey, you want to go to Minnesota? <laughs> now, everybody's got a couple friends, though. Everybody, especially car folks, you everybody has at least one friend who's like, "Hey, I need you to go to Reno, Nevada, and pick up a part with me or something." You're like, yeah, okay, cool. Like you've got somebody who will do that. And it just so happened it was a it was a weekend where I I could swing it. Um, you know, I didn't get in too much trouble with uh, with the family, but. Um, I'll tell you what, it was cool, and uh, I got a Tundra, I got a trailer uh, a trailer package, and it's fun to use it sometimes. It, Daryl's truck is amazing. Honestly, I, I drove that truck. He So let me let me cut ahead yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. We, we take off. Daryl drives the whole way up to Minnesota in the worst conditions with wind and rain, and maybe that's why he wanted to drive the whole time because the weather was so bad. But, like, when I drove the next day, I drove a, a substantial way back the next day, his truck is so comfortable to drive in. It, it it pulled great, and the seats are comfortable. It almost didn't feel like driving, even though you're actually driving. Like, yeah. it, it's the Tundra is great. I yeah. really, I kind of want one. I have no room in the fleet, but if you ever sell that truck, I'm the buyer, so don't you. do it. Because yeah, that's my new hookup. When people sell stuff, I just buy it from my friends. It is nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is nice to have friends like that. Um, but yeah, we rented a trailer, went up there, plotted a course. And uh, I got to be honest, I was looking at what all was up there in, in Albany, Minnesota. And there's not a whole lot. As we checked into the hotel, we get up there with the rented trailer, squeeze it in the parking lot. And okay, it's about dinner time. We finally get up there after all the rain, sleet and whatever we drove through, get through there and we're like, okay, cool. Um, what is there to do in an Albany, Minnesota? But I had Googled it ahead of time, and I asked you. I said, what do you want to do, Daryl? We got two options. We can go to, like, a performance of Romeo and Juliet at the local college, <laughs> which was, like, 40 bucks a seat, by the way. <laughs> we looked at the, the ticket <laughs> yeah, price. Yeah. Like, eh, like, no. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, or they have Girls' Night Out, which is the all-male review, Yeah. in a local bar. In a random spot. Which is like kind of bar Chippendales. Yeah, 
Basically, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to check in the hotel in this town in Minnesota and uh, and we're going to go see a mail review show. That actually didn't happen. But <laughs> he shot me down. Yeah, I said uh, I said I'm good there. But we did go hang out at a sports bar next to there and get insulted by the bartender and have him make fun of the music that you chose on the touch tunes. Yeah, so Al- cool. Albany, Albany. How do you say it? Yeah. I say it in New York. Yeah, so so Gabe asked the bartender. He's like, "Hey, uh, is it Albany or Albany? How do you how do you guys say the name of the town?" He's like, "Well, what do you say in New York?" Like, well, I don't, <laughs> we don't go there either. I don't know. And I I don't remember what he said, but his whole vibe just sucked. He it was, was a, a bad terrible vibe. human yeah. being. Uh, what was it a place called like Sluggers or something? Or I don't know Shooters, Sluggers, Slimmers, Shooter McGavins. Yeah. It was garbage. Um, that guy's a jerk. He eats pieces of like you for breakfast. Yeah. Well, and they had the touch tunes, and it's the first time I've actually seen a bartender like somebody plays one of the songs on the jukebox, and they just go ahead and override it and skip it because they didn't like it. Did well, they actually do that? Yeah, huh. he went under. He had like a little remote control under the dash yeah. under his. Uh, bar top and like yeah, the hidden a, shotgun but for itunes total <laughs> jerk total <laughs> jerk so we decide after that whole experience like this isn't cool um let's see what else is out there we, we walk we were gonna go to the bowling alley though weren't we yeah we looked <laughs> i was like daryl do you want to go bowling yeah so on the <laughs> all clear on the other side of town and by the way if you have a truck and trailer and you find some room in a hotel lot you're gonna just drop it there for the night you're not gonna go like you know, drive around town with a truck and a U-Haul trailer. There was nowhere to drive. No. There was literally a little downtown strip. So we're walking along, and uh, Gabe's like, hey, you want to, there's a bowling alley on the north end of town. You want to go play, uh, you know, a couple games of bowling? We're like, yeah, sure. We'll do a couple rounds. So we start walking, and it's like 12 degrees. (laughs) It's like 37, but okay. It felt like it was 12. It was cold up there, though, for, yeah. Yeah, it's Minnesota, man. So we start walking along, and we walk past the bar where the mail review show is going on, and it's absolute zoo. So we're like, let's just keep going. We come across an old American Legion Hall, and we're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And on the window up front, it says, open to the public. So we're like, we look at each other. We're like, eh, the bowling alley is pretty far. We have to keep walking, and then that might suck too. This is pretty cl- – it's, it's close, and it's open to the public. You want to go in here? And Gabe says, sure. So we walk inside, and we walk right into probably 1957. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And about, what, five people, four four or five people there? There was, I think when we walked in, there was one table of four or five people Mm -hmm. and nobody at the bar. Yeah, and and then a young, a very young, confused bartender, a young woman who looked at us and was like, kind of like, what are you guys doing here? (laughs) And we're like, this open to the public? Yeah. Can we get a beer? She's like... Yeah. And she got us two of the weirdest beers that we've never even heard of. It was called like Nordeaster or something. Nordeaster, or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Made by Grain Belt, uh, which is a, a a staple in the Minneapolis area. <laughs> and from there on, the night just, it took a different turn. It was, it, it was crazy because then the other table left. Yeah. And I was like, and I asked her, I was like, well, what time do you close? And she said, whenever anybody, everybody leaves. And then I felt bad because I'm like, well, this poor girl could go home, but we're the only two yahoos sitting at the bar. But that only lasted about 15 or 20 minutes because the people just started streaming in and they didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. So the rest of the night was just uh, the people from the the mail review show next door coming in. By the way, we're here to pick up a truck. <laughs> we're here to pick up a truck and we're, we're now thoroughly ingrained in Minnesota culture at this point. We've learned everything about the town, the history. Uh, everybody's asking basically who you are, where you're from, what you're doing there. 
And so Gabe's been sharing the story of, hey, I bought this little mini truck from this like steam. What, what the heck was the compound you bought it from? Yeah, so it's the Peterson family, and everybody knew the name because they're like, you know, they've got the money in the town, yeah. you know, small town. And they had like a steam park with like old steam engines. They do like a settler's day type thing. They've got like a mini like town face with like the old timey buildings. and it, Main it, Street, it, USA I, kind I, of thing. Yeah, I would describe it as a compound. Yeah. Without the cultists. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, or the, the commune. It's, yeah. not, it's not David Gresh. No, yet. not yet. But uh, no, threshing machines, things like that. For, for folks who are familiar, um, the other close thing to hear in central Illinois would be the, the old threshers campground in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. They do a big steam thresher reunion. And it's kind of a neat thing. If you're from the Midwest or other parts of the country that kind of celebrate their agrarian roots, you definitely know what's up. So this thing somehow has has kind of made its life in a, a second second life on that little steam compound and probably was a parts chaser, a runner, you know, a little farm truck, if you will, that ran around for many, many years until they parked it. So Gabe's shared this whole story. We learned in turn about the, the what the giant factory across the street is. Yeah, because they had such a cute downtown. It was like old quaint buildings, but yeah. they'd fixed them up nice. They had mm-hmm. modern businesses. And then you turn across the street – and it's a massive factory, and all it says is, like, no guns allowed inside next to the doors. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> sign, literally, is no guns allowed. And we're like, what is, what's up with this? So we start asking around, and they said, oh, uh, one, guy at the, one guy at the bar. I'm, 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 I love folks from Minnesota, so I'm not trying to, like, make fun of the accent or But anything. do it. Do the accent. No, but he's like, oh, I'm like, what's that big factory across the street from here? He's like, oh, that's, uh, that's where they make the powder in the, the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Like they make the pot like craft, yeah, yeah, that's where the powder comes from. So that is where, if you've ever had craft macaroni and cheese, that's where their powdered cheese comes from is Albany, Minnesota. That's something you can win bar trivia with, so. <laughs> which is such a weird thing. Like we didn't just learn that on the internet. Yeah. We learned it in real life. Right. This is the dumbest fact. Right. That's cool, though. Yeah. I, mean, I went out, the, after we got home, I went out and bought a bunch of mac and cheese. Did you really? I did, because of that. Um, but You're yes. like, I want to be back in Albany. He's doing a, he's doing a rail of Kraft mac and cheese powder. Right. <laughs> Not quite that bad. Yeah. But, uh, no, so so we get about halfway through the evening, and we're just hanging out, having a good time. No, we, we don't even get that far. So what actually happens is <laughs> people start streaming in the bar, and Daryl and I had, like, one beer there. And we order, like, a pizza. They're going to heat up a pizza for us. And I go to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And I come back from the restroom, and Daryl and this other guy at the bar are just best friends. They have literally met as I went to the bathroom in, like, a three-minute span and came yeah. back. Yeah. And I, I want to say his name was Mark. Honestly. That's, I don't remember. We don't know anybody's right. name, but it sounds like Mark. Yeah. And, like, they're best friends. And Daryl has this vibe to him in this small town. They love Daryl Scott. I don't know how else to say it. So, I'm big in Albany. Yeah. He, <laughs> you are big in Albany. Like big in, big in Tokyo, Japan. Japan, Japan yeah. 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 Mr. James May here. So <laughs> he makes a best friend, and I learn – I meet a friend while Daryl's off. Daryl's gambling. Daryl starts gambling with a gentleman at the bar, and, and then I learn about other gambling from another gentleman. It was a card shark. He was, a, he was hustling me for money <laughs> is actually what that was. He was an old pothead. He was not hustling you. That too, but <laughs> – he, I don't know. I don't even remember half this stuff. But long story short, um, we ended up playing and being introduced to a game called Hammerschlagen. Again, a Daryl Scott, because they just invite him over to start playing this game, and then I get drawn into it. He's a, he's a man about town. I don't even know how that started, but I know a group of people came in after the uh, the male review show yeah. next door, mostly females. 
and then a couple dudes too, uh, came in and there was, we had missed this when we walked in. There was a giant log. It was pushed in the corner. Come on. You don't see a giant log on a stand pushed in the corner. Well, at, at some point, <laughs> even only being in Minnesota for about <laughs> four hours at that point, <laughs> I just learned to accept things like bearskin rugs and logs and corners of bars just kind of being a thing. And so these folks come in and they, they start playing with like a hatchet, hammer thing. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Obviously hammer schlagen. And they have a bunch of nails and they're like, who wants to play hammer schlagen? And they point to me. I'm like, hey, this guy, have you ever played? And I'm like, no, because they all know we're not from there. Oh, it's it's, like it's written on our it's written on our forehead. Yeah. They can tell. Yeah, yeah. like because they know everybody else in the bar. Because at, at one point, Daryl's best new friend Mark, he says, "I'm related to everybody sitting on this part of the bar." He's like, "That's my wife, and that's my wife's sister, and these are my daughters, and that's my cousin and a half." Yeah, it was hilarious. It was it was great. So Hammerschlagen, and you can Google that. Uh, it's spelled just how you think it might be. Um, I wasn't familiar with that. Were you familiar with this game? Never heard of it in my life. So apparently you get a, and I think it's German, or maybe it's Scandinavian. I don't know. But it's basically a giant log, and you take turns pounding nails into this thing, and like with the hatchet, like the, the sharp end of the hatchet hammer thing. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like a flathead screwdriver on one end. Yeah. Yeah. And you're supposed to pound nails into this thing and like flip the, I don't know, take turns, and whoever can get their their nail f- as flush and sink it in the least amount of hits wins. Yeah, so At least you, that's how they played it. You get to start the nail, so everybody got a nail started for them, and then you just go around clockwise fashion, you just get to take one shot, and then it passes to the next person. Yeah. But you can't line up the hammer over the nail. You have to line it up next to it. And I've had a couple drinks at this point, and we haven't even eaten the pizza, I don't think. <laughs> no. I literally almost took a chunk of the wood off the side of the thing because I kept hitting next to the nail, and I'm just, like, peeling it apart. It was hilarious. It's it's one of those games that you would like to play, but you're also afraid that you're going to lose a limb. And luckily we didn't. Um, but at the end of the night, I wound up uh, winning that round, if you will. And I felt really good about myself for about five minutes. <laughs> and then I realized that that doesn't matter, and it's not an applicable skill. Just to anything I do in my daily life, so it, uh, it was amazing. It was and fun. We had a blast. Yeah, and it, was a, it was a great time. Yeah. So that was that was Saturday night. Sunday night, you had an appointment to go pick this truck up. The whole reason we were there, you're going to pick this thing up, and it was supposed to be what nine o'clock in the morning. Yes. Was the pickup time? Absolutely. So we get up, bright eyed, bushy tailed, have a delicious continental breakfast at the <laughs> Baymont Inn. What, what did you like about the breakfast? There's something automated. The automated pancake machine. Had you seen one before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it before. You just like it. I just like uh, automated pancakes. I want to find a way to incorporate that into my... I put it in my nightstand. <laughs> if I could... <laughs> I'm serious. I'd put it on a smart plug, and I would try to automate uh, pancakes every morning if I could. That's I would, awesome. I don't know. Call me a dreamer. <laughs> uh, but we get up in the morning, and we got the truck, trailer, everything checked out. We're good to go. Gassed up. We're going to pick this truck up and get back on the road as soon as possible. But that was our plan. What actually happened? Well, we could sit on the side of the road and with other trucks lining up behind us and in front of us waiting to get into the, the compound to pick <laughs> stuff up. But you know what? They were running just a little behind. We were early. We showed up about 25, 30 minutes early because yeah. we didn't have anything better to do. We're like, let's just try to get an early start for the day. we got to drive a long way home. Mm. Um, and there's another guy who was there who claimed his pickup time was 8 o'clock, but the guy, that guy didn't know what was going on. Yeah, there was also a time change in there. Yes. 
So we have yeah, the, which which I don't understand apparently because I thought because of the time change maybe they were confused because it was that night daylight saving. Time. But it turned out they should have been early because of the time change, and I'm an idiot. But my wife is smarter than me. Everybody's just confused at this point. Exactly. So I, ironically, one of the guys and. Cancel that. There's yeah. no reason to use the word ironically there. Okay. But the, one of the guys who was selling one of the truck to me had called me the previous week to ask about certain things. And so I had his number. So I text him. I'm like, hey, nobody's here yet. What's going on? We'd seen some cars like in the compound, but nobody came up towards the gates. It's literally massive. It's probably 60 acres or more, you know, 20, 30 buildings. It's, it's, there's like an old church on it. It was insane. Um, and so he was like, oh, somebody should be there. And so it was kind of nice. We had like some communication line, but they probably got there about like 915 and opened the gates and we rolled in. So we, we get through there and it's your truck, the Coney 360 wide, and it's called a wide cause it's a wide body, right? Uh, compared to what the original Coney was, I think it was a little wider, but even still like, like four foot wide, like six inches wider. <laughs> this thing is actually, we pull up into the, the, the paddock area, whatever, and it's actually sitting on a wooden pallet. That's yeah. how tiny this thing is. It's it's a longer pallet, but it's still a four foot wide pallet. Yeah, it's a double size. It's like two pallets put together. Yeah, and it's sitting there because we we're thinking probably the brakes are frozen because the master cylinder probably hasn't moved in a while. And at first, I'm thinking, how are we going to get this thing onto <laughs> onto this trailer? It's just a little, um, you know, two axle. I mean, a tilt bed trailer, which is helpful, but it's still going to be a bear. But they actually roll up with a forklift, a nice little Caterpillar forklift, and they load this thing on to the trailer like it's nothing. Because it is. It's real light. thing gets loaded on there. We strap the thing down. It, it's like a Dust Bowl windstorm at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was cold up there compared to down here. Really cold. Get the thing on there, strap it down, and it looks like it's going to be a pretty uneventful drive home. We're going to just hit the road, and the thing's just going to be nice and easy it's nice and light it'll tow great it's you know weights distributed right on the tongue the way it's supposed to and uh for the most part we got the thing on the road and it it really towed great there was no trouble nothing fell off we cleaned the bed out so yeah we (laughs) cleared out the soda cans and beer cans and random garbage they throw in the back for 10 years yeah it was cool and it's nice when things do go that way because there's nothing worse than pulling something like that a long distance where it fights you every step of the way. So actually, the thing the thing towed really well. Uh, there, there's a couple times where the thing you hit some potholes and and it bounced around a little bit. We had to come back and snug up the uh, uh, the tie down straps. But to be honest, it actually it pulled very well. Well, we only put two straps on it, one in the front and one in the back, mm-hmm. and we got them around like you know crucial aspects underneath the, the vehicle. But the back end is so light, and two of the tires were flat, so it's kind of leaning. Yeah. Um, that it kept shifting to the left. So a couple times we had to stop, like two, three times we stopped. And Daryl and I literally just lifted up the back end of this truck and moved it over back to the right and strapped it back down because it was that light. Yeah. yeah. It worked. I mean, you can't do that with like a 63 Imperial. No. Or like an, no. F- an F-250 <laughs> or it something. But that 63 Imperial won't fall off the pallet it's been loaded on. No. No, it won't. It won't. So we get the thing all the way home. And I'll tell you what. We got in just before uh, Mrs. Casey pulled up, mm-hmm. got kind of the bulk of the thing off. And how do you, how did we end up pulling the thing off the trailer when it's sitting on a pallet? Well, we drew, so first off, when we're on our way up to Minnesota 
and we're like basically had just gotten in Minnesota. Eric yeah. texts me and he's like, "Hey, can you you know go take care of the cats tonight? Because I've helped him with his cats a little bit lately while he's out of town and people are out of town. And my kids love the cats and the kittens." And I'm like, oh, I'm in Minnesota with Daryl. He's like, what? And I was like, oh, crap. We forgot to tell Eric because literally all of this took place in one week. I found the truck on a Friday. I bought the truck on a Friday. I had to figure out shipping within like three days or so, pay for the vehicle. And then by the next Friday, Daryl and I were on the road. Yeah. So, you know, or Saturday. So it was was crazy. And so we were coming back into town. We told Eric like, hey, we're rolling back into town if you want to stop over. And then as we're coming into town, we pass my father who's leaving town because he's been visiting with people. And so he turns around. So we show up to my house. My father shows up and Eric shows up. So we got four of us in there. And then we've got to figure out how to get this truck off this tilt trailer. And we're like. That's sitting on a pallet. Yeah, on a pallet. And we're like, yeah. let's just drag it. And so you got your John Deere out with a tow strap. <laughs> and, you know, Cowabunga pulled the thing off, got it into the garage. And Bob's your uncle. Yeah. And actually fits in there pretty nice, but while it's sitting in your garage, something I didn't really notice, I'm looking at the color scheme on that, and then I'm looking at the other bay of the garage, and I'm looking over at your Chrysler, your 27 Chrysler Series, what, 60? Yeah, Model, Model 60. Model 60 Roadster. And I'm like, these look very similar. Totally different cars, completely different lineages, different countries of origin, but... There's a similarity there. Do you think that's why I wanted to buy that? The subconscious that they almost had an identical paint scheme. They had the two-tone blue of almost the same colors with the white pinstriping down the middle. Yeah. It, it was eerie once you saw it together. Even the, Yeah, the pinstripe. It, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool color combo. Um, so as, as we speak right now, it is snug as a bug on a rug in your garage. And it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere because it still doesn't run. But um, what's kind of the long-term plan for it? Um, so long-term plan is get it on the road like everything, right? It is literally the twin brother of the Chrysler. We already talked about the paint and the pinstripe, but also they're all up on four jack stands because what do they need, Daryl? They need tires and tubes. <laughs> so the Chrysler, I got a flat tire, as you may know, and I had to get new tubes. And I thought, I'll just get new tires while I'm at it. I'll just do the whole thing. I'll do everything. I'll do all four corners, take care of it. And that way I'll be good to go for five, 10 years. And so I get the new vehicle, same thing. I got to go get new tires for it. And I order the tires, I find them. And they're like, I'm ordering trailer or golf cart tires. This thing has 10 inch rims. 10 inch rim, but they're wide, right? Are they like, like a 10 inch wide tire? I ended up ordering like a 205, 65, um, 10. That's so weird. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah. And they're like Kendra brand. You can't get like Goodyear or Michelin or like any real brand to make that size tire. Okay. So it's some off-brand tire. Um, and they came in like two days. I'm super excited. And I take all the tires over there to, to, to Farm and Fleet because I'm like, oh, they can do this. It's like a tractor. And they're like, yeah, this has tubes in it. And I go, I'm an idiot. <laughs> mm. So then I'm trying to hunt down tubes for this thing. And who, who sells a 10-inch tube? Not 10-inch in total diameter, mind you. But for a 10-inch rim yeah. with a center stem at a 90-degree valve angle. And that you need that because of the way the rims are stamped or Exactly, something? yeah. The, so the valve comes out, and then it goes out through the rim, okay. and that's how you can air it up. So a little, little different. Strange yeah. application. Are you able to find anybody that has them? I didn't for like two weeks, but then you know who the guardian angel is? Who's that? Jacob Irish. Really? Oh, yeah. Our good friend Jake Irish. Shout out to I, Jake there. So I, I was going to go see Jake. Because I had the wild notion, I'm having issues with this truck, and 
here's the thing. I love these rare vehicles, right? As you can tell. Yeah. I like being the guy that has it to keep it alive, but to share it with other people. Um, but then you can't find stuff for it, like Daryl said earlier. <laughs> so my thought was, why don't I do a resto mod? Like, th- it's a really neat, unique, old, pretty much put together truck, but it's not perfect. It's pretty beat up here and there. It's got a, a restoration paint job on it. So it's definitely not like an original survivor that I'm going to keep pure. So I, I get the, the resto mod in my mind. And so I'm thinking, what could I resto mod the suspension and the drive, you know, the axles and stuff so that I don't have to deal with these old tires and tubes and this old differential and this old brake system even because the brake system obviously has issues we have to, to work sure, out. Sure. So I start thinking, that's about the size of like a Polaris RZR, right? You know, it's pretty similar. So I get this dumb idea in my head. What if I could get Polaris RZR parts and just throw it on my Coney, even lift the Coney a foot if I have to, because it sits so low anyway. It's such a, a small truck. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm like, Jake, I'll come out to the farm show. I'll do some measurements. And he's like, yeah, come on out. We got someone, because uh, he wasn't at the office, he's at the farm show. So I go out there and I look at some stuff. And then I find a tire stand. There's this guy and he's got more tires. And I stop by and I'm like, hey, do you sell tubes too? He's like, yeah, we sell tubes. And he looks it up and he finds it. I've been looking for two weeks online <laughs> for a tube that fits and you can't find anything on any site. And this guy finds it in like five minutes. And he tells me they're out there. No kidding. They're just not advertising them. So if you need like a unique tube, you need to find a real person with the actual connection to the manufacturers because you're not going to find it on the internet. So who's this dude? Has he got a, a company name that he... Uh... Go yeah, it's, it's Moore Tires, M-O-O-R-E, and he's at Brennan Kelso, and it's out of Kiwani, but he's got multiple shops, he tells me. Okay. And he's like, I stock these. He's like, I literally have these in stock. Wow. Yeah, so he's going to have to order me more because he's only got three at the Kiwani store, but like, okay. I can get this tube. So You're going to run out there and have them out of and everything? No, he said that they'd like, I think I'm going to have Farm and Fleet do the work because okay. they, they said they would do it if I could get the tubes. I took the tires in. Um, but one of his people was like, yeah, I even live down here, like do it on credit card. I'll bring you down the tubes. We'll take care of it all. Super nice people. So that's awesome. I'm supposed to get the Chrysler and this is, this is bleeding into projects. My projects, by the way, Daryl's done. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, I just don't work on anything anymore. No, nah, it's, it's too get, cold. It's getting cold. Yeah. Yeah. But, but my projects are the tires and tubes on both my cars. The Chrysler ones are supposed to be in allegedly end of December now. Okay. And then these, hopefully I can get in the next few weeks or a month. And then I could just do a bunch of tires and tubes on both my vehicles that match. That'll be nice. Yeah. It's good to see stuff up in the air. I mean, it means you're working on them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll get that sourced. I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the Coney made it home. And we'll put some pictures at throwonwrenches.com. You'll see it along with the post. And we'll, we'll put some on Facebook as well. I think we put one or two on there when we went and got it that weekend. But um, folks don't have, like, a, a true idea of what this thing is. Because nobody here in the States does. This uh, this is actually a, a kind of a unique vehicle in the fact that they were sold here in the States for a short window of time, right? But primarily sold in Japan and, and other parts of the world. Yeah, they tried to like drop an anchor here in the U.S. And so I think they had maybe just a handful of dealerships, definitely out in California. Uh-huh. I've heard talk of one in like the Chicago region even. Okay. Um, but a lot of people just use these around like facilities or whatever else, and they just rusted them out and they were destroyed. Um, so there's only, I don't even know if there's more than 20 of these total vehicles alive in the United States and of like my generation or year, because I have like an earlier model, mm-hmm. there might only be a couple, like two or three. And a lot of people that have these have two or three because they like them and they've sourced them and found them. And there's, there might only be 10 people that own these in the U S it's insane. 
Well, it's it's a cool thing to to have in your collection, and uh, it definitely does make Gabe's Garage look more unique by the day. So. It's it's bad. It's bad, people. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> no. Uh, the nice thing about collecting small stuff, too, is that you can have more of it and cram it in a regular size garage. See, that's the problem. I'm like a true addict, and I want more. Right. And so I've discovered, like Daryl said, <laughs> if I buy motorcycles and mini trucks, yeah. I can fit a lot more into my tiny garage than you if sure I buy can. full vehicles. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. I guess I am an enabler, but it's cool. I, I, I loved having uh, that little adventure. And if one of us does buy something again in the future, which we will, um, let's let's make sure to do it outside our comfort zone. Maybe we'll go to like Arizona or Louisiana or somewhere far away where we can find something rust free <laughs> and then also um, have a little road trip because that is fun. There's nothing like it because normally we wouldn't have gone would you have ever gone to the middle of Minnesota? I've never been to Minnesota in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's really no reason to unless you have Unless I need some cheese powder. <laughs> Maybe you'll be back. <laughs> get a get a factory direct order there. Pick Honestly, a... I, I think you should buy another vehicle and we should go back to Albany. Yeah. And that's that's the problem, is like we went and we had such a good time. It really was fun. That I would go back in a heartbeat for something Daryl bought, because I'm, I'm done. I bought one. It's his turn. Well, and as a souvenir, and also because they liked us, we actually, the bartender at the American Legion, uh, shout out, I, forgot, I can't remember her name. We can't remember anybody's name. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> she actually gave us a free drink coupon. Yeah. So we, at some point, uh, before we die, we're going to have to go up there, because she'll probably still be working there. Um, maybe. <laughs> what else is there? I hope do? not. But... I hope not, but oh. maybe. And as a as a, a footnote to the last episode you had, you talked about the pull tabs. I didn't give the pull tabs to the guy that won. What oh, happened? What happened was there's two bins. You could buy dollar pull tabs or two dollar pull tabs. And I was like, oh, here's twenty bucks. Let's have some fun. I'll buy some. You know, we were, we were embracing the culture yeah. and just having yeah. a weekend. And like, yeah, I get some dollar pull tabs. So I bought twenty bucks and I I won like twelve bucks and I cashed them in. I won like five bucks and I cashed them in. I cashed them in and I won nothing. And then the guy next to me bought like ten or twenty bucks of the two dollars. And won like 150 bucks instantly. Okay. So I just bought from the wrong bin. And if I'd have bought the other bin, I'd have won. You wouldn't have but, won 250 Yeah, but he bucks. was a super nice guy. Like literally when we left this place, we said bye to people that we didn't know. We we're like, so nice to meet you. Shook their hand, you know. Oh, well, and they found out a couple guys were into cars and trucks. Like one guy had a Ford Raptor. That was mm-hmm. his daily that had all kinds of work done to it. And another guy had, I think, like a, some other old Chevy pickup or something. So when people find out, that you're, oh, you're into cars, you're into trucks, you're into whatever – um, and they get to know you a little bit, even if it's five minutes. That's the difference between like some parts of this country. Iowa's like that. Minnesota's like that. Wisconsin. There's people will actually have like this weird little relationship with you, whereas here in in Peoria, in like some other parts of the country I've lived in, where it's just like they really don't want anything to do with you. If you you know you got to talk more cars with them. You got to bring up that common element. People like cars. And people like country music. That's what it's all about. And we like cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. Um, well, let's just do a couple quick around the uh, around the world news items. And I think this is time for the segment we call the news. Gabe, I was looking through, we talk a lot about uh, Carvana in the last year because they've been making headlines here in Illinois. Yeah, they're not doing so hot. Not so hot. But their friends and predecessors, CarMax, 
We're actually, I think it's the nation's largest used car retailer. CarMax isn't doing so good either because they're actually uh, settling a little legal case that charges that they did not disclose vehicle recalls. So uh, this is a nice little legal case. I'll let you go ahead and take this one if you don't mind. Yeah, so CarMax is the largest U.S. car sale retailer, as uh, Daryl mentioned, and they agreed to pay a million dollars to resolve claims by 36 states that failed to disclose open safety recalls. Um, this is uh, coming from Forbes, I believe? Uh, Reuters, Reuters. Reuters. And it, here's the deal. Car safety. They're mm-hmm. selling a car. They don't disclose there's an open recall with the car. But they are not a major manufacturer that can fix a recall. So I've read the article. We could go into more of it. But the point is, if a dealership takes in a car on trade and it's not their brand, are they supposed to do the recall? They can't do it, right, Daryl? I think it depends. I think the the lawsuit, which I guess was uh, kind of started all the way back in 2014, and it basically said, like, hey, if a dealership's selling something, it needs to be safe. It needs to have all the current recalls up to date, anything that's going to affect any possible safety. This is probably the era, 2014. It's probably like the Takata airbag era, right? Uh, that was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, that was 2012, 2014. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I take your point, though. If it's, let's say you got a Honda Element and it's sitting on the lot and it's CarMax, they're not a Honda dealer. So they or you're a BMW dealer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. They're not trained in, like, factory-trained... Uh, original equipment manufacturer service things like that but do they have a duty to take those like a recall it should be honored within a certain period of time by that manufacturer right right so if they had a camry on the lot and it's like oh you got to get the airbag recall shouldn't they have their service people take it over and to the toyota dealer and have it all done before I, they put it on the lot i wish it was that simple but i feel like it's not because if you have a um, dealership that owns a vehicle is yeah. it the same as a consumer? I don't know. And th- so that's the thing. I read this article before we did the show, and I kind of felt like it was a money grab by attorney generals because I'll, I've been big into automotive consumer safety. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I've had lawsuits about it, you know, and I've, I've pursued people for selling unsafe cars. But when it comes down to a recall, that's a free service that the manufacturer is providing. And if it's just simply saying, hey, there's a recall on this vehicle as you sell it, you can take it into the dealership after you buy it and get it. That's one thing, but does it really matter that much? I, I don't know. I don't feel that hard for this story. No, it's fine. I, I, I think it it's troubling when people, and we talked about this before. Eric's mentioned this uh, in previous episodes too. They'll have a car and they'll have it for years past a recall where it's like, hey, this this should have been done for free five years ago, and you missed the window. Yeah. Oops. Like. I don't. But that's these cars because the people are trading these cars in with the open recall. With the open recalls, yeah. On them. So at what, where's the where's the buck stop? Where's yeah. the who's got the the responsibility to to put that out there? And and, and does necessarily let's say you've got a recall on a temperature sensor wire on a on a Ford Focus or whatever. Uh, does that make the car unsafe if you put it on the lot and sell it? Maybe no. not. Maybe yeah. not necessarily. If it's something like an airbag that's going to blow metal bits in your face, it might be nice <laughs> to not sell that until that's taken care of. It it does put more effort on the dealers, uh, more of a burden on the dealer's shoulders, and I do I do see that point. So I don't know. Do you know what's funny about this article? What's that? Who's getting paid? Uh, One million dollars to reserve by resolve claims by 36 states so are the consumers getting any money 
from CarMax, or are the states getting the money? Oh, Led okay. by Illinois Attorney General. So the states are actually getting that part of the settlement that's probably going to be used for something, something. For somebody's pocket would be my yeah, guess. And yeah. I, and that's the salty attorney in me, folks. I apologize. But <laughs> no, I've, no. I've come to learn in over 10 years of the practice of law that the important things that get taken care of are to pad the deep pockets. So the, the, the reason CarMax has to pay here is probably because the states want a little more money and publicity and to say, hey, we're helping y'all, but guess who gets paid? We do. Because guess what? They're free recalls. You can go get them. It's mm. not like a, a business wasn't providing a service. They just weren't providing maybe the information or taking care of it for you ahead of time. Yeah, and how unfair is it to actually single out one retailer? Well, they sell almost a million vehicles a year, it says. Yeah. So it's probably, like you said, the biggest used car dealer. So, so kinda... they, maybe they're setting an example. And and maybe that will help smaller dealers you know, make cars more safe for people. But I'm going to be a doubter on this one. I'm going to say... Illinois wanted some money. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Speaking of Illinois, uh, you know the famous architect, architect Frank Lloyd Wright, right? Absolutely. So he got a big start in Illinois building houses in like Oak Park and uh, the Chicago area and then, of course, branched out. Um, But Frank Lloyd Wright, this is a weird article, but I came across it right beforehand. It was actually from Forbes, and it said Frank Lloyd Wright hates garages who hates garages? And here's why. It's clickbait. It's clickbait. Because you see a Frank Lloyd Wright house, you're like, oh, cool. And then automotive stuff. And it's like, oh, click more to find out. But actually, it was a good read. And it's on the Forbes Magazine website. Frank Lloyd Wright did not like garages, it said, despite the fact that he added an enclosed garage space with his fuel pumps to his own Oak Park, Illinois home. He also had a really nice Lincoln Continental that was custom bodied, by the way. You should find that and buy it. Uh, it was for sale at an auction a couple of years ago, and it didn't go for that much. <laughs> Garages, Frank Lloyd Wright said, promoted clutter. Instead of serving as a tidy place to put the family car when not in use, the garage in American homes became the handy place to put tools, children's outdoor toys, off-season furnishings and decorations, gardening supplies, and what have you. Quote, this is a great quote. He, says, he t- told one of his clients, he said, a car is not a horse and it doesn't need a barn. Cars are built well enough now, so they do not require elaborate shelter. He's a genius. He was a genius. He's totally right about the garage. Yeah. Because that's what my garage has become. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) Mine too. My brother and his wife, they bought a house last year, and they're already running out of space in the garage. My brother's getting like a router table and woodworking tools, and he's got another car in there now, and all this stuff. And Does he like, have two projects that don't drive? Because that'll fill it up fast. <laughs> no, thankfully, <laughs> he, he's he's doing the right thing and he's buying stuff that, you know, runs and drives. But uh, I know, I know. But <laughs> but at the same time, he's like, yeah, I can't believe I've run out of this much space. It's been there less than a year. And the same thing happened when, he got our, when we got our house with a three-car garage. It was like, you'll fill that in no time. And absolutely, that's what happens. But you have to have, like, where else are you going to store that stuff? If you're handy... What are you going to have to – are you going to build another wood shop? Are you oh, going to build so a toolbox? Like A lot of people have a shed. Yeah. Like the shed exists. And don't get me wrong. There's like zoning and there's other things and you have to sure. buy a shed. But like a shed is so cool. I've never lived at a house with a shed. But people have a shed. They put their lawnmower in the shed and like their other like, you know, your gas cans and your shovels and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. We don't have that. You know what I mean? And are you going to get one? Are you going to build one? I would like a full facility. I don't want a shed, Daryl. I dream big. Come See, on. That's part of me, too. It's like, on. do I build it? Do I just get one of them from Home Depot and have them drop it no, here? No, that's expensive. We can build it. If you want it, we will build it, and they will come. I've got a spot picked out in the side yard where it would be perfect. But 
Yeah. But what do you do with all that extra space in the garage? Let's say you, you do get a shed. You build one. It's real nice. You get all this extra space. You start doing things like, I'm going to buy a drill press, right? Would you go out and buy more tools? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think I will at this age. Buy another Five, motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Five years ago, I would have said yes. So you hit an age where like, I want to buy stuff because it's a good deal and I'm, I'm going to use it or I'm going to want it down the road. Yeah. But then you hit a, a later age where you think, I don't have that much space and my space becomes more valuable. I drive through my neighborhood and I see my neighbors with like their open garages sometimes. And I'm disgusted by how little they have in their garage. Do you do that? You judge them? You're like, there's not even a ladder in here. What are you? No. You're not a human. There's literally like my, like my neighbors right next door to us. They're great people and they've got a bunch of kids and they've got two cars and like two little storage containers with like, you know, the uprights that are only like two foot wide and like a couple bikes hanging on the wall mm-hmm. and nothing. And it's clean and they clean it every fall. And I'm so envious because mine is just full of garbage, but it's good garbage, right? It is. It's not garbage. It's things that you find that bring you joy. I have like extra engines and, and rear ends and it's just fine. like. You never know oh. when you're going to use them. Transmissions. Hey, maybe. <laughs> barrels of oil. I have literally have barrels of oil I bought <laughs> that I've used on my FJ40s before, and I still have like half of a barrel of oil That's in my garage. Perfectly normal. <laughs> the folks that don't have anything in their garage, they're the ones that aren't normal. They're the uh. freaks. They're the freaks. Um, speaking of folks who are getting back to normal or trying to, Jay Leno was in the news recently. We talked about him in the last show, and uh, he, he, of course, had that uh, horrible garage fire. He's fine. He's back in action. In fact, he was seen doing some stand-up. He's doing great, right? He is. He, he's, he's out. He's recovering. Life is good. Except I just saw this on the New York Post website. Uh, it says he actually hit a police car twice. Twice. Twice in his Tesla Model S while pulling up to do a comedy set. At a, at a place out in L.A. So I actually, love this article, by the way. It's go great. On, but I love it. It's great. Um, do you want to go ahead and read it? Yeah, sure. So Jay Leno hit a p- police vehicle multiple times. Yeah. So I'm sorry. If I hit a cop car, I'm yeah. going to stop and get out of the car. I'm not going to continue driving. But you know what? I'm not Jay Leno. Right. Um, so he was going to his comeback gig Sunday in California. And, and again, like Daryl said, he's coming off severe injuries He's recovering. He's a 72-year-old comic and classic car aficionado. And uh, he hit a police... Oh, he hit the tire of a police jeep. So he didn't actually hit the vehicle severely. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he hit it multiple times trying to pull into a spot he didn't have to pull into. There were easier spots, but he chose to pull into a difficult Perla parking spot. But this is what I love. This is the 1% of our society. The cop says, you can just go. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. You remember that time the police officer told you that and me that? <laughs> That's no, like that, a Chappelle sketch. Like, that doesn't happen. It never happens. <laughs> yeah, actually, just I, there was a video, if you go to New York Post site, and we'll put a link up on our page. It's great. He just gets out, and he's like, hey, what's up? And, like, totally fine. And the cops are just like, yeah. It's but fine. the question is, was there damage to the cop car? I don't think so. It's probably more damage to his Tesla. Yeah, probably not. So, I mean, I guess I get it. But at the same time, if you're you or me... They're taking on your inf- – I mean, they know Jay Leno, I guess. Like, right. He's not going to get out of it. So maybe that just gives him the pass. I don't know. Maybe I'm being ju- too judgmental. I don't, I don't think so. You know, again, God bless him. I hope, I hope everything, you know, continues to go his way. It sounds like he's got just a great outlook on things. You want him to drive you around, Daryl? Not particularly. <laughs> not particularly. And I, I, just to be uh, just fully honest about everything, maybe he should kind of take a little break for a while. I don't know. I mean – it's good to get back up on the stand-up horse, and that's great. But, you know, 
maybe we need to look at some stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm starting to question myself driving at night. That's how great my eyesight is. So maybe there's some stuff there. Uh, but anyways, we wish him the best. And uh, um, his wife, too, uh, Mavis, who was in the car with him and actually rolled the window down and was talking to the police officers. So maybe she was doing some damage control there. She's um, the fixer. Maybe she's the <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Although when I get in trouble with law enforcement, my wife, my wife usually just goes, see, I told you. That's <laughs> what Sarah does. I told you you were speeding. Uh, anyways, uh, nothing really to grind our gears about this week, right? We're pretty, we're in a good mood, right? Everything's amazing. We love life, and there's nev- never anything to be upset nothing. about. Nothing. No. Ugh, nothing at all. Nothing. Peachy. Uh, did you look at a car of the week? I did, and I sent it to you earlier, but I didn't put it in the sheet, so. Okay, well, you can do that. Um, I'll go ahead and introduce this last segment. This is what a lot of people think is their favorite segment of the show. It's where uh, Eric and I, or Gabe and I, we usually take time out of each other's busy schedules and we text each other Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eBay listings of stuff that we really, really want to buy, but there's really no chance that that's going to happen because, as you've heard, <laughs> the garages are full and there's really no room for anything. That doesn't stop us from looking, right? It's not necessarily cheating on our existing projects if you look at new projects or just dream cars that you'd like to have if money was no object whatsoever. It's time for us to take a look at Cars of the Week. W-E-A-K. Yeah, Cars of the Week. Um, In this installment, Gabe and I are both going to just give our respective picks. Um, I actually went uh, old school by way of Germany, by way of Japan. It's kind of weird. Follow me, follow me along here. So this, for this one, um, Facebook Marketplace in Kentucky, a gentleman is selling a 1996 Mercedes-Benz G320 AMG turbo diesel two-door G-Wagon. Uh, these are the kind of the famous kind of boxy-looking uh, German Hummers, if you will, that you see a lot of rappers and Kardashians and whatnot driving around with lots of bling on them, usually around the $200,000 mark. But they've actually made the G-Wagon for many years. They haven't really changed the design too much. I think they restyled the nose at some point. But the ones we see on Beverly Hills uh, TV shows and Real Housewives and whatnot, you're usually seeing the four doors, and they're all strung out with all kinds of stuff. They actually make a two-door version, and this was imported from Japan. It's a a left-hand drive, but it's a Japanese import, and the seller is claiming that this thing was actually the shorter wheelbase two-door with a lot of AMG bodywork, and it was swapped with the legendary Mercedes OM606 turbo diesel and six-speed manual transmission. It actually was uh, from Japan, then went to Dubai, and then was imported into the United States. So this thing's actually been around the world, more so than most of us. And it's really cute. Wouldn't you say, Gabe? No, it... It's really cute, and is it really a JDM if it's left-hand drive? Yeah, because I don't think they, they uh, maybe, does Mercedes make right-hand drives? I don't know. Do they sell original to Japan? I, I think they do, because AMG's Would actually... that be JDM, though, or would that be Japanese manufactured and sold there? So that's Japanese domestic, right? Oh, yeah, so... So yeah. I guess it wouldn't be true JDM, it would just be for Japanese market? Japanese import. Yeah, which is, I'm just, I'm nitpicking, I'm, I'm no, cutting no, no. hairs at this point. No, no, it's good. Uh, so this thing actually would have come with, I think, like a 3.2 liter inline gas six, but somebody actually swapped in this diesel motor. And a lot of folks love the diesel Mercedes. They are 
dynamite, bulletproof, what whatever you'd like to use. They're really, really good power plants. So this thing actually says it's got 50,000 miles on the chassis, 9K on the engine, and he's got a bunch of different uh, receipts and all kinds of paperwork. It's really cool. I guess only 40 of these were produced a year between 1994 and 97 with the two-door. Um, so that's kind of cool. Daryl's own unicorn. It's neat. The price tag on this game is a paltry $55,000. No, 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 no. That's not... <laughs> That's but. not paltry. That and that that's what gets me. It's a great rig. It's I cool. I love this rig, Daryl. And it I would drive this every day. Yeah. But the price is outstanding. But what would you pay for something like that? Realistically. Twenty five, thirty grand. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Yeah. But for fifty <laughs> five grand. But this is cars of the week. So yeah. you can pay whatever it costs. I mean, I'm just gonna make it rain and I'm gonna have this unique little unicorn that nobody has. And people go, What the heck's that? Is that a Jeep? And you'll say, No, it's not. You have to put not Jeep on your You have to get custom plates. Yeah, which, on your Mercedes. Yeah, you already have. <laughs> that's my pick of the week. It's German, it's Japanese, it's it's interesting. And it should be in my driveway. Gabe, what did you choose? No, no but you're, let's let's put, step back for one second. Daryl's okay. pick is awesome, and I love it. But I you get. know what the guy put on the ad? What's that? He put, or trade for G-Wagon. And did I he think, put it on there? Yeah, and I think that's very appropriate. It's at the very bottom. Would consider trade for G-Wagon. It's very appropriate <laughs> because this model actually misses a lot of the fit and finish of the traditional Mercedes G-Wagon you see. Because I've actually been looking at some G-Wagons lately, not for purchase, but just for fun. Just for funsies. I've actually been sending them to my brother-in-law who lives in Chicago area. Uh And he's, like, got a big-ass financial job. He's doing well. Like, his wife's doing well. They don't have kids yet. And he's, like, he just paid off his Mazda MX-5. So, you know, like, he's got... Yeah, he's got some... He's got a fun little Miata, a toy. No, no, I'm sorry, not an MX-5. The CR... Whatever the SUV is. Oh, the SUV is? Yeah. Like a CX... CX, five, six, yeah, nine, CX-5, whatever, something like yeah. that. I'm, I apologize. No, I got Daryl excited, and I was wrong. No, it's cool. <laughs> but Well, he, he needs this. He has an SUV, and his wife has the exact same SUV. And I'm like, dude, you need to get something cool. You're making bank. Mm, you live yeah. in the Chicago region. Yeah. Like, get a G-Wagon. So I've been sending him G-Wagons for, like, the past two weeks, just giving him a hard time. And they're so nice on the interior. And when I looked at this Mercedes, it doesn't hit that fit and finish on the interior. The exterior looks excellent. This is probably far more capable than a G-Wagon sure. and more reasonable because it's not as stretched or as big. But for, like, people in the U.S. that want, like, a fancy Mercedes SUV that is capable, they want a G-Wagon. They want status. Yeah. They want status. This so, thing looks cute, but it's not – it doesn't have that presence. It looks status unless you look inside. <laughs> is it like a cloth? It's got cloth interior. Yeah. It's the manual, five, which we like the manual, but most people don't want it. Right. Like, they've got the diamond-etched, like – leather interiors they're gorgeous in the new g-wagon so i would say i do love this pick but for the price i think it's ridiculous um, okay. no, so I, I don't think i can fantasy own it but Sorry. i'm that's glad fine. i'm glad you want to it's gonna go in my garage yeah. that's fine that's fine um are you are you doing animal vegetable mineral car truck suv what do, what do you what are you thinking this week yeah i've got like a half boat half jet ski that i'm gonna no <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised you'd find some oddball stuff so i thought we were doing like a truncated episode but daryl's like let's go for it so i actually got i i looked on facebook marketplace for a little bit today and i was like let's see like the reasonable stuff what's out there and nothing caught my eye i I've been I've joined some groups lately and i've been looking at some gallardos and some other stuff which i'd love to have but I become more practical in my cars of the week. Really? Yeah, because like I look at a lot of stuff and like I'd like to own a lot of it, but I can't see myself actually owning it after owning so much. Did you pick a Ford Taurus? I didn't. Please I, tell me you picked the. Okay. I I picked a slightly bigger truck, 
than my micro truck. <laughs> Slightly bigger. But not by much. I picked a 1969 Toyota Hilux pickup. Um, but this is domestic. This is just an old Toyota. It's not, okay. it's not an imported Hilux like you'd think. Um, this is on Bring a Trailer, and it is such a cute truck. I mean, it's got te- – it's teal, right? Yeah. It's like not teal. Sea foamy green. Yeah, kinda, sea yeah. foam green. Yeah, it's exactly. a great old-fashioned color. And for folks who don't um, – Bring a Trailer is just – it's hitting it out of the park now. There's so much cool stuff it's on there. It's crack for car guys. It's gotten – it always was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. It's gotten so far – it's niche now. Like, I feel like five years ago you wouldn't have found that on there. No. And now it's like that's what's that's what gets traction. Anyways, where where is this thing and what's the current bid on this? Thing? It's in California, and the current bid. Don't don't ask me what the current bid is because that asks me if I'm going to bid. It's only fifty five hundred bucks, but it's got two it's, days left. Yeah. No, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you just fell for the trap. No, you're gonna get right no. back into the trap. No. Is it original? Looks pretty stock. They they claim it's original. They don't know. So the trucks did come in this color. They came in like the seafoam green, but they don't know if it's been repainted, the current owner and stuff like that. But he hasn't done anything to it. They've tried to keep it original. It's got seafoam green hubcaps on it even. Like, it's just a neat little truck. It's got indicator lights up on the, not on the hood, but next to the hood on the wheel Yeah, on the fenders there. Yeah, on the fender. That's common. That's common. I'm a sucker for painted wheel covers. I'm a sucker for that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's got a four-speed manual and it's, it's clean. Like, it's a really clean truck. And this is something that I could actually see just enjoying tooting around town in. And that's that's mm. kind of my new jam. Like, I don't want anything super crazy unless I get a Gallardo or a new Supra. <clears throat> but, you know. I mean, that's another end of the spectrum. But, yeah, I completely understand. The nice thing about that is there's a community out there with parts. Even if it's not here, those are popular worldwide. And you can still find probably still tough but you can still find parts for them i bet a lot of the land cruiser 70 series stuff works on this truck and those are still being made in other countries as daryl and other people shared recently on throwing wrenches facebook so it's so cool to see that thing and i remember as a kid toyota and Datsun pickups were all over the place but they you know like a lot of stuff from that time period corrosion here in the midwest took them all out but that is a solid california truck the interior's clean it looks like it's really untouched. I think you should give something like that a good home. And if you can get that, you know, for a modest price, maybe that's our next road trip. I don't know. So you're telling me if I buy this truck in two days, we're yeah. going to California. I mean, I have to look at my PTO schedule. No, but, I, need yeah. a, I need a commitment on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold me to it. No, I think it'd be fine. Let's, you know, let's rent the, rent the trailer again from Morton Reynolds and... Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. I guess Cars of the Week is becoming pressure gave into, uh, you know, an impulse buy. I like it. Let's uh, do it. I think we should get a dealer's license. And we can find new wives. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> California's a little more expensive to live, but yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we should stick to Minnesota. You know what's funny, though? So. I bet if we drove out to California and picked that up and stayed overnight there, we would have way less fun than if we stayed at Albany again. Yeah. there's, <laughs> there's Seriously? You're probably right. <laughs> There's not a lot of powdered cheese factories in California. And spend like five times the money. Yeah. 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 Well, on that note, we're going to be efficient stewards of your time and money. We want to say thank you so much for listening to this special episode of Throne Wrenches Podcast. Uh, For Eric Stahl, we want to say thank you for listening. We'll add some extra details, including some video and some some pictures of Gabe's latest purchase of Gabe's Garage on the uh, Throne Wrenches Podcast site as well as on our facebook page info at throwingwrenches.com if you want to get in touch with us or if you've got some links to coney wide 360 truck parts that gabe can use we need all the help we can get there 
In the meantime, Gabe, anything else coming down the pipe in your life right now? Oh, please no. I hope not. Okay. The, the stable is full. I've, I've put away my sidecar R50 motorcycle in my storage unit so I could fit the Coney in. I cannot get my lawnmower out until I get things off of jack stands. So there's no, no pipeline, Daryl, please. Right. Good, good. <laughs> Spring's coming around in like three, four months, so you'll be fine. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, for Gabe Casey, I'm Daryl Scott. And for Daryl Scott, I'm Gabe Casey. And for Eric Stahl, we're both of them. See you later. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.